Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoop B Radio, DJ Manio. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoop B and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on his media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com slash poll. You can also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopyradio.com slash poll. S-C-O-O-P, the letter B, R-A-D-I-O dot com slash P-O-L-L. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brandon Robinson. Radio. Listen in with KNN, the sports sound of the district. We bring you the biggest guests, great analysis, and the hottest sports stories in the nation's capital and beyond. And we bring it to you live. Welcome to this live stream broadcast of Listen In with KNN. Here's your host, Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another live stream edition of Listen In with KNN, presented right here on Fox Sports Radio, 96.9 FM and 1340 AM. I'm your host, Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Happy Saturday. I hope everyone's doing better. I know it's been a very rough and difficult week, but I truly appreciate each and every person that has been joining me every week for new shows. Of course, we just had a show Thursday. Special thanks again to Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic for joining me. What a fabulous show that was. And today, I'm bringing the heat back. I got a good colleague, even though we haven't met in person yet. He is super fantastic. He does great work out on the West Coast. And today, I'm welcoming in none other than Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. I'm super excited to have him. This man has had his foot in the journalism game since he was 12 years old. 12 years old. He comes from Heavy.com, where he is a senior writer. He's a curator of culture. I could go on and on and on about him, Scoop B. Radio, and just so much more. So with that, please help me welcome Mr. Brandon Scoop B. Robinson to the show. Brandon, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you. 
I'm, I'm <laughs> glad to be here. I saw the stuff that you did with Jonathan Isaac. Should I say the Reverend Jonathan Isaac? And um, no, I'm, I'm pleased to be on your Yes, show. the Reverend. Yes, yes. And you're doing great work yourself. Thank you so Thank much for you. having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. I appreciate that. I get to follow in the footsteps of, of OGs like you. So look, you paved the way. I'm just trying to crawl and make my little space. <laughs> I, hear, I hear you talking. I hear you talking. <laughs> <laughs> And let me tell you something. You were probably the hardest guest that I've ever had to get dressed for. Because usually I'm like chill and stuff. And I'm like looking at your pictures and stuff. And I'm like, oh, shoot, this man has a style game every single time. I'm wearing a Nintendo <laughs> t-shirt on a Saturday. You, you got me beat. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Well, I'm so excited to have you. And before we get things started, I always love asking my guests first, how are you doing? How are you holding up just with all that's going on currently in the world right now? Honestly, um, I took a week off this week. Um, and just kind of just recharge because ever since the pandemic has hit, I've just been yeah. like, to me, that was motivation to keep going um, from the door. Um, so like, honestly, I'm, I'm rested. I took a week off and I'm, and I'm yeah. here. Yeah. And you came here. Well, I thank you for joining me. I'm glad you're doing okay. But like you said, I think this is the one week I'm usually high energy, as you can see. I'm always yeah. on the show, but, <laughs> but I had to take a little break because just emotionally I felt drained I found myself just at random times just emotional I've cried this week I've been angry this week I've been frustrated but then I've also smiled some it's just seeing some of the unity that's kind of starting to come together so I feel like it was a week of many emotions but we made it we made it to Saturday mama we made it and um when I look at just what's going on in the world right now yeah. um, I think people are hurting but what I find to be interesting is um I think all that's been going on I think this is the one time that others saw where we were coming from more universally than others, um, right. than other times rather. rather. And yeah. I think that um, while we seek to be acknowledged some and some validated, we can't lose sight of what we're really, um, you know, what the, what the grind is, what the fight is, what the, what the focus is. And I think right. that um, one of the things that I find interesting, particularly in this mm -hmm. case, George Floyd is, I think many people are more are paying attention more um, because the pandemic is going on, which forces people to pay attention to what's going on versus right. in other times people kind of gloss over it. So I, I think um, I think um, the fight that we fight is a fight that that's worth fighting. But at the same time, I think we tired. <laughs> we are. We are. I literally have said this line on every show I've been on this week, sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sure. I think the conversation that me and you're going to have today is important because we both come from different backgrounds. We grew up in different places, but something we have in color is all this wonderful melanin that's on our skin. I, I heard something like that. <laughs> Okay. And it's great. I mean, you come from the black male perspective. I come from the black female perspective. And again, even though we have that in common, we have just very different stories. But I'm glad the attention is there. My only hate, I'll be real with you, Brandon, I hate it takes something so tragic and so drastic every time in history, not even just now, it seems like for us to come together. But the biggest thing coming out of this, we need this to continue. I'll be honest, I've had white coworkers check in on me more this week than I've ever had before. White you friends. Too. Yes. <laughs> but keep yeah. this up. Like, we need this energy. And I think for once they see what it feels like to be us, even though they'll never fully know, like I'll never know what it is to be a white woman. I just won't. But at the same time, it's a, it's, we want you just to understand because this has been going on. Systematic racism has been a part of this country even before me and you were born. It's what this country unfortunately was built on. We know the history of slavery and things. And you see what's happening in DC. It was a beautiful thing, let me tell you, to wake up and see that Black Lives Matter there. Because DC, as you know, was once chocolate city. Yeah. We're still here, but yeah. it's, important it's important so i appreciate you bringing the attention that you do through your show and through your work 
to these issues. And let's just let's just kick it off. So tell me, I mean, there's so many things going on. We can start. We have Drew Brees comments. We have President Trump's comments. You know, we have NFL players coming up and speaking out. Then we look back at Colin Kaepernick when it was, hey, mm -hmm. since 2016, man hasn't been playing. So just with all that's going on, what do you think is kind of the biggest storyline? What are you taking from sports? What role has sports played in the current climate that we're living in? Well, the one thing I can say about sports is sports has always served as that distraction from what was going on in the world. Mm -hmm. um, what you're finding now with sports is sports is you're finding that Bill Russell, Ali, Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, activist role um, that's being played. And I think that when you look at the National Basketball Association, for example, uh, I think that they've always been on the forefront of um, guys speaking up. Like I always use the analogy yeah. like, like basketball players are like rappers in, in comparison to football players because mm -hmm. um, when you look at um, basketball, they don't wear masks or they don't wear helmets. Right, football, you see their face. Football, you may know OBJ, you may know Eli Manning, you may know right. Drew Brees. Um, but when you look at situations with basketball, you know that the usual suspects are going to speak up LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, uh, and more. Um, and the NFL, in a lot of respects, has had issues uh, when, it, when it relates to, the, I guess, the race wars or relates race, race relations. Um, yeah. And so... You know, I think when Colin Kaepernick was bringing attention to police brutality, it was always about the flag, right? Okay, so mm -hmm. now you got Drew Brees who's like making comments about the flag, and it's like, well, yeah. wait, he kind of did, he kind of did Colin Kaepernick a favor, if you will, mm -hmm. because it put back into the forefront that it was about police brutality, and now certain right. people are saying, oh, I get it. So, yeah. he, if I'm a doctor, here's the prescription. Yeah. The NFL owes Colin Kaepernick some money. For sure. And um, if I'm Colin Kaepernick, here's what I do. Um, I don't take a job as a quarterback because we, we, we passed that. Mm -hmm. um, I want a job where I can walk, I can work from home and all I got to do is show up. Yeah. And, and I'm in a situation where yeah. um, it's a job where I'm the liaison for race relations with the NFL. Mm -hmm. If that's what they want. And it's not for posterity's sake, if you will. My, my, my family would joke and say posterior's sake. It's yeah. not for posterity's <laughs> sake. It's legitimately right. for a situation where you're educating people on it. Because here's the thing. The NBA is going to always excel. But how are you going to have that face that, 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 that's talk, that talks about it? It's interesting. I got a call from my editor a couple of days ago at, at Heavy. And he was, he was talking about how you know, Saquon Barkley had tweeted a, a photo or the video with the NFL players with the raising of fists. And I said to him, he was like, so how do you how do you dissect that? And I was like, just because there's a fist, it doesn't mean right. that, 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 that they're being militant, but it is drawing attention. Every fist you tweet is in an emoji doesn't mean like right. power, but it does draw attention because people are like, well, what is this black man or black woman talking about? So right. I think where we are right now, I think we're still in a gathering stage, but I don't want this to be, okay, it happened two weeks ago and then it's business as usual. And it's kind of like 9-11 right. effect. After things happen, people went back mm -hmm. to being normal. And I, and right. I wonder if that's going to be the case. And I sincerely hope not. I think we're in the state where we cannot forget this moment in history. Look, I'm 27 years old. In my entire lifetime, I have not seen anything to this extent. And it's happened, of course, before in history. But just wow. I mean, you see people in Finland and Israel and everyone. Black lives matter. 
They've mm-hmm. always mattered to us. But now I think the rest of the world is truly seeing what we have to go through on an everyday basis. I mean, I we, we have to raise our kids. We're sometimes scared that they won't come home. And of course, I'm not a mom, but I can't. It's a horrible feeling. It's a horrible feeling. And you see what's happening. And I want to bring on another comment that was made from one of our loyal listeners. Shout out to Zach Rogers, somebody from high school tuning into the show and he covers the WNBA. (laughs) But also that's a great fact. The WNBA has also been a league that has been trying to bring and really not trying, but they've done it. They brought attention to this issue, but because we know there's a lack of women's sports coverage, they don't get that. Natasha Cloud, though, right here for the Washington Mystics, if you saw her Players' Tribune piece, you know, your silence is a knee on my neck. Mm-hmm. How powerful that was. And she's the one that's constantly spoken out. I know her personally from covering the Mystics, um, spoken on panels with her at the University of Maryland. So powerful. I think now, too, athletes are really realizing their power. I think before, some were scared to speak up because they saw what happened to Colin Kaepernick and others before him. But now I think they're saying, look, I need to use my voice. Something is wrong. That powerful video that came out from the NFL players all together. You talked about Saquon Barkley. We saw Patrick Mahomes and just so many others in this video. I thought that was just so powerful to see. And then, of course, we see Roger Goodell now coming out with an apology. So first, let me get your thoughts. When you saw that video, what did that mean to you personally, both as a black man and as a journalist? Is it bad if I say nothing? Because I feel like at the end of the day, it's a business. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm thankful um, that you see companies speak out um, about what's going on in the world, um, right. particularly as it relates to African-Americans. But let's be clear. I feel like Obama. Let's be clear. Um, I, I, <laughs> that was I, a different impersonation. <laughs> I think I'll stick to my day job. But I, I, I think I think when you look at companies speak up about different things, well, what do you expect them to do? When you look at African-Americans, huh. uh, we have buying power. You know, like when you look at uh, entertainment, when you look at um, shoes, uh, I don't know if you own a pair of Louboutins, but you know, you're a black woman. A lot of black women like Louboutins. I like Air Jordans. Not yet. I'm working my way up there. All right, all right, all right. So so let's just stick it to Air Jordans and Nikes at large. Like, we like those things. All right. So like, I think it's, it's in those companies' best professional interests to you know, discuss it, but it took a video right. of that sort. I don't think we've ever seen um, companies cater in that way, despite the fact that we've always been spending. Um, yeah. Personally, I like dairy-free Ben and Jerry's, but, you know, they, I, I know that they put out a heartfelt, um, yeah, you know, powerful a, a, statement. A, I'm a brand ambassador with Zinni Optical. Zinni uh, Optical is affordable glasses. I'm wearing them now. Um, yeah. Shameless plug there. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, they have a responsibility to right. speak. However, it's still a business. How it is. You, you're going to want to. You're going to want those people to come back and shop with you again. Right. So, black folk watch the NFL mm-hmm. as much as we watch the NBA, as much as we watch many other sports. Um, right. So, I, I kind of think like it, it, for Roger Goodell to speak, you know, to it, um, he's doing his job. Yeah, I mean, it's like. It's a political, I'm sorry, but it's politically right. At the end of the day, it's about money. It's kind of a trend and it's unfortunate, but at the same time, why has this not happened before? Why are we just now seeing statements? Why did it take Blackout Tuesday in 2020 for us to see this? My my thing too, Brandon, is it shouldn't only be writing these statements, but making sure you're living these practices and policies. I'm sure like me, you've been the only black person in a room. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. And it's funny because I'll give an example. I, I, my previous job, I had a coworker ask me one time, we did an event for CBC, the Congressional Black Caucus. So of course, all the black people come together from politics. It's a great time. It's fun. 
And she had the nerve to ask me, well, am I going to be comfortable? I said, what do you mean? Are you going to be comfortable? She said, because I'm going to be the only one. How many times have you been the only one in the room? And has anybody asked you, do you feel comfortable? Yeah, I've never been asked that. I was one of four African-Americans in my graduating class in prep school, mm -hmm. uh, Don Bosco Prep. And, um, you know, there was a black table and I made it a point to not only sit at the black table, but sit with the with the with the white guys, sit with the Asian guys. Um, yeah. Being being cool with the Asian guys, I made sure I had Super Mario Brothers on my TI-83 calculator. <laughs> sitting with some of the Hispanic guys, some of those yeah. guys I learned about the, the sport of high school wrestling. Um, yeah. You know, you 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 just you you at different times in life, you 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 at different tables. But I think the foundation, you know, was set. Like, so there were certain you know black questions, like why do black guys get their hair cut all the time? Like, mm -hmm. you guys don't have hair, or like you know, like things of that sort of are things that I was used to to answering. Um, so I, I, I had no problem in doing so, but I, I think um, being the only guy to me gives me the opportunity to infuse culture, um, yeah. to, to infuse like having a voice because many African-Americans are not comfortable speaking out about things about, you know, things of, of that sort or taking a leadership role in that regard. So I, I right. think it's imperative that, you know, if you are the only person in that room, you, 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 you relish in it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point because look. When you are there, you're a representative. And I'll just give an example. Super Bowl just was down there. Radio Row. Not too many black women doing sports talk radio. And mm -hmm. I knew there was a standard. And best believe a lot of people knew me because I was kind of easy to point out <laughs> being that that one of a few. For and sure. I think, like you said, I've been in that position where like you going to predominantly white schools and having and I always talk to everyone. I mean, I've made it a point and luckily the community where I came from was pretty diverse. But like you said, it's sharing that culture, sharing that knowledge, answering those questions so that when they come into contact with others like us, they understand more. There's certain cultural things that me and you get. Like there's, you probably already know how long it took me to straighten my hair this morning. You know what black women go through. For sure, I have three, hair, I have three right? sisters, so I, I get it. <laughs> so you get um, it, right? Yeah, and I, and I think, um, you know, it's important to also um, mm -hmm. reach out to the, the, the generation that's behind you. Um, yes. Because I think you don't have to be a celebrity or somebody famous or like, you know, notable to, 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 uh, I use this analogy or, or this saying all the time, you know, the higher you go up, it's your response on the elevator, it's your yeah. responsibility to send it back down. So I think as yeah. much as, you know, it's about me, 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 or us, 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 um, you got to educate the, the, the next generation because somebody did it for you. It's true. And that next generation, they're the future. It's so true. They're looking and learning from us. This is why the actions that we take now are so important. So important because when me and you are both old and gray, we're hoping we're not still fighting this same battle. It's been going on for too long. And again, I appreciate everyone that's looking to learn. Look, I just said on my podcast earlier this week, I just had a conversation with Sean Fox down in New Orleans. He's a sports director. He said, Kelsey, I'll be honest. When the Colin Kaepernick thing first happened, he said, I was all for the flag. I was like Drew Brees. He said, after this week, I get it. I was wrong. I was wrong. It's yeah. not just about the flag. And we had that open and honest conversation. This is a white male. This is me as a black female. And we were able to talk about it. And I think that's why Drew Brees' comments were so important, really, because there's too many that keep talking about the flag, the flag, the flag. It is not about the flag. We are hurting. We as a people have been hurting for too long. Unfortunately, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and so many others, they're not the first. And unfortunately, they probably won't to be the last. We're trying to bring attention to this because for far too long, we've had this distant relationship with police when they're supposed to protect and serve. I mean, if you watch that video, Brandon, and nothing, no emotions happened to you or you didn't feel away, I would honestly question if you're human. I mean, that was so hurtful to watch. Yeah, and I think that's why this situation is a lot different, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. 
you look at uh, what happened with Eric Garner uh, in, in Staten Island, New York, and right. you look at um, there was a tussle and a struggle with the police. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm cool with, with, with his daughter, so I'm, I'm choosing my words carefully, but I'm being honest at the same time. Yeah. You look at the difference and there was a struggle there, right? Mm-hmm. So in the eyes of others, they may say, well, he, he resisted arrest. He did this. He did that. Yeah. The difference between that situation and the situation with George Floyd was the video started at him on the ground with the cop on with his with his with his foot or his knee on 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 on, on Floyd's neck, yeah. and he was chilling with his hands in his pocket. Yeah. So universally, he wasn't resisting arrest. Right. If he was, we didn't see it at that point. All we saw was that. Right. You couldn't dispute it. And if, right. And, as these as younger kids would say, if you do, you a hater. At the end of the day, like yeah, you it's true. What you saw, so you you can't deny that. Right, it was in your face, and I think this is the culture that we're in now. We're seeing these videos. I mean, think about just the power of videos. I go back to the civil rights movement. It took television cameras, putting the camera on peaceful marchers who were getting bitten by dogs and hosed down for some to say, "OMG." This is a problem, right? right? And that's just one example. We just, I mean, so many instances when we see the video, seeing is believing. It was not edited. You saw it. You see what happened to the young girl that had to shoot this video. And you just think if the video wasn't there, what would have happened? Would we be here now? Because it would have been, unfortunately, George Floyd's word, who obviously couldn't speak for himself, versus this cop's word. And it's talking about COVID right now. Yeah, it's true. COVID would have still been the big thing. And now COVID's a bad thing. We're like, okay, COVID's mm-hmm. going on, but hey, I have to march. I'm sure where you are, there's been protests. Where I am in D.C., they're talking about the largest march after. Matter of fact, after I finish with you, I might have to go down there. I mean, it's it's huge. And it's mm-hmm. great to see so many joining it. It's not just Black people saying Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. It's a unity thing now, I think, that it's become. And I think the role that sports has played in it now, too, is that we're seeing some of the top. I don't think I've seen probably... Probably 70% of athletes, maybe more, maybe 80% of athletes now have put their opinion out, right? And talked on this issue or matter. I think this is more than I've ever seen, Brandon. I think that shows significance. To quote the great Dana Owens, a.k.a. Queen Latifah, U-N-I-T-Y, you got to let them know. Yes. Let them know. So I think it's a good thing right now. It's huge. And then you see somebody like Steven Jackson, Mm -hmm. who's just been on the forefront. I think you tweeted out an interview you did back with, was it 1990? 1999. 1999. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to talk about Steven Jackson. I want you to talk about Steven Jackson then during that interview and what you see with Steven Jackson now being this outspoken, pretty much activist on this current matter and issue. Yeah. So um, Steven, so my journey began with the Nets at, at 12. Uh, I had a radio show with the Nets called Net Slamming Planet yeah. uh, when they were in New Jersey. And, you know, the first person I ever interviewed was Keith Van Horn uh, when he was a rookie from Utah. Yeah, and that was actually during the 1997-98 season, uh, the last dance bull season. So I was around that Bulls team as well. Wow. Um, but what I can say is, you know, specifically to you know Stephen Jackson, he, he was a he was a net uh, in '99 um, and 2000, I think too. He was under he he signed with the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, guy from Port Arthur, Texas. So you know, when I think of Port Arthur, Texas, you know, I yeah. think of like hip hop. I think of you know Slim Thug, all those guys. So. Yeah. Um, we sat down, and, and the thing that I did that, that I marveled at uh, was his relationship to the with the Bibby family, uh, Mike Bibby, mm. Mike Bibby Senior. Yeah, just how happy he was to be on that team. Byron Scott was the head coach of that Nets team at the time. Um, he was teammates with Stephon Marbury, Keith Van Horn, Kenyon Martin, 
Um, just a myriad of other characters that are still fixtures in the NBA today. Um, and, yeah. and one of the things that I liked about him was just his humility. You know, he was in a situation in, in New Jersey with the Nets where um, he was in, he was with that team because Keith Van Horn had gotten hurt that year mm-hmm. and he got some shine. That was technically his, his rookie year. And I remember him playing in the rookie sophomore game during All-Star Weekend right. uh, in 2000. So it, it just was a, a, a good time for him at the time to be a net. Um, wow. And so basically, um, to see the work he's done now, I think it's at an interesting point in his life because I think a lot of people um, hold him to the brawl in the palace. Hmm. Yeah. Back when he was a pacer. And, yeah. you know, I think, you know, him shooting guns or just some of the things he's he's done in the past. You know, what happens when you're young? You do silly things when you're young, but at the same right. time. I think um, you know the, the the show that he does with Matt Barnes. Um, yes, it, it just sheds light. It, sh- it sheds light on um, the the relationships that he has and the other side of what he he's done. But I think you know the one thing about the George Floyd death, I think that we all can relate to. Yeah, is people can't treat you like everybody else when you're connected. Mm, that's powerful. And I think because. Steven Jackson had a relationship with George Floyd. Um, yeah. And because Steven Jackson is connected to so many players past and present, um, he ain't going to let people forget who he is. Nope. And I think that's a good thing. And so I think him taking the lead on it the way he is is great. Yeah. Um, and I think it introduces kids that are younger than us um, to who Steven Jackson is from yeah. start to finish. Yeah. Um, and I and I like it. I think one thing that people do forget is that Steven Jackson went to Oak Hill Academy and I had beginning learning about Oak Hill when I was around him. And I was like, wait, is that a college? Is that a <laughs> university? And then, you know, yeah. some people that I know, like many people don't know that Rod Strickland, NBA legend, Kyrie Irving's godfather went to Oak Hill. Yeah. He, he could have went to Dewitt Clinton in the Bronx. He ended up going to uh, Oak Hill. Jerry Stackhouse was went yeah. to Oak Hill. So um, many greats. So, you know, I, Brandon Jennings. So, you know, just kind of from the beginning, you're looking back and seeing all of those, you know, the, those connectors with Steven Jackson. It's not just the ball in the palace. Uh, Oak Hill, he won a championship with the Spurs uh, back in 2003 and, you know, was respected by guys like Greg Popovich, head coach, still head coach of Spurs. You yeah. know, played with, played with David Robinson, played with, with Tim Duncan. I think he's had a diverse uh, group of NBA peers he's played with. And, you know, here we are now, years later. Yeah, and just talking to Stephen Jackson, I'm curious, any other players that have stood out to you during this time that have just been outspoken on this issue? Um, well, I'm, I'm pleased with the fact that despite his mother's death, Carl Anthony Towns found his way uh, to yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I have been in touch with the Towns family throughout the whole pandemic. Um, I've covered them. I, you know, We have mutual friends in common. Um, and I'm glad he, you know, him being a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves, he thought it not robbery uh, to, uh, you know, fly out to Minnesota and, and, and support, you know, along yeah. with, you know, Jamie Foxx uh, and others. So, yeah. um, you know, Towns, I think, has been, you know, a silent uh, supporter or at yeah. least a quiet supporter, uh, this, this, despite the death of, of his mom, Jacqueline Cruz Towns. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think um, you know, you, you, you poll NBA players and, you know, throughout the course of this texting, phone calls and more, I mean, they're all upset, whether they're black or white. But, you know, I, yeah. I, I think um, Towns is somebody that I'm pleased that he's, he's, he's been active. And, and, and I think that's a great thing. 
And let me ask you, Brandis, those athletes or players right now who want to say something but haven't said something yet, do you think it's too late for them? No, because I think everybody may not be comfortable speaking like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that with the NBA season resuming next month, yeah, um, I think in a lot of respects, uh, the NBA resuming is like the Olympics replacement. It's the Nicorette, mm. it's the Nicorette wow. bomb, if you will. Yeah, um, I think I think that so you're gonna have like July through September, October, where guys speaking out. Yeah. So I, I think if they didn't speak out now, like it's 22 teams that are going to be on the Disney resort and at the Disney's wild world of sports that, that will have the opportunity and the platform to do so. And and when we say speak out, let's just be clear on that. Cause I mean, I think there's some people now who think like, what do I do? Is it a tweet? Is it me attending a protest or rally? Is it me sending a statement? Can you just clarify? What do you mean by speak out? I mean, what, what however, which, however, which way you decide to do that. Michael Jordan mm-hmm. and the Jordan brand released a statement and talked about donating money. So a hundred million, if you're, if you're able to donate money, cool. Um, but I also don't think that you always have to make your presence known. Yeah. So like, I'm cool with Shaq. I'm cool with Shaq's mom. And I remember mm-hmm. having, I remember his mom, Lucille O'Neal, being on, on the Scoopy Radio podcast. Uh, she's been on multiple times. And one of the things I said is, you know, why don't you make your contributions to various organizations more known? She said, because we know what we came from. And there's things we do seen and unseen that everything doesn't have to be acknowledged. Um, and, and I felt that, but I'll add, they're not, the O'Neills are not the only family that's like that, believe it or not. Um, yeah. Kobe Bryant was very philanthropic privately, even yeah. during his career. Wow. But I think a lot of times in the same vein, like a lot of people of color uh, were looking for every company to make a statement comparatively just because Every athlete doesn't make a statement that doesn't make them less real. Right. Or doesn't make them out. Their level of comfortability. Right. And just because somebody's speaking out don't mean that there's not an agenda too. So you got to look at it from both ways. Right. Right. No, that's true. I think sometimes when we, we can take silence as they're not doing anything, but you're right. You need to look into the issue. You need to look into the matter. And again, I appreciate you speaking that and sharing those very personal stories and talking about speaking out these apologies we're hearing from Drew Brees, Roger Goodell. I mean, what are you, what are you taking for that? Is it, is there ever a time where it's too late to speak out? And I mean that by saying, are these apologies, are they too late, too little? Are you taking them for what they are? I mean, it's, you're, for example, if you're a Christian, you know, the Bible calls you to forgive. Um, True. But I think if you forgive, you also have to look at actions behind that level of, um, you have to look at actions after you, the person apologizes. Yeah. Actions so, speak louder than words. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to say whether or not, you know, they're right or wrong or rather their apologies were false. I yeah. have to look at their actions after that apology. Yeah. That's what we're looking at. It's true. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because, you know, there's mixed opinions. I think, you know, take Drew Brees' apology for what it is. But also you, on the other end of that, you can't expect people to accept apology. Because you've ever apologized for something does not mean the person on the other end has to forgive you. And I think that's another thing that people are forgetting. Yeah, and I also think that once the NFL season starts and if the, if the Saints win, I think really, yeah. I think I think winning and, and I think winning makes gives people amnesia. Winning cures all. 
Yeah. I mean, you, you look at situations with like the, the Patriots years ago with the Flategate, Tom Brady continued to win. Yeah. And, now you know, kind of he's in Tampa Bay now. If he's able to win there, you know, it's, it, it, it carries on. So yeah, I, I think, you know, once the season starts and, if you know, I think not to say people will forget, but I yeah. think that the, I think this is the, the progression of time happens. You know, I, I think there will be other topics that people will discuss. And does this, would you say this hurts Drew Brees' legacy? You know, we're looking no. at retirement. No, same. same I, I don't think so. I don't, me personally, I don't think so because I think you, you've, you've never seen him um, in the news for anything controversial. True. I mean, he's kind of that golden boy, let's be honest, right, of the NFL. Like, you think of Drew Brees. I mean, there's some that have never said anything negative about Drew until this very moment in time in history. So, but I do think I look at it differently because I think now when he retires, I don't think it's going to be the same. This is me personally. I think there's going to be this little black cloud. Of course, he's done great things on the football field, but I do think we'll still be thinking of this moment in. I can see it. I can see it. But I think it, I think when you talk about legacy, I think people uh, I think people are obsessed with that phrase. Yeah. Um, because I think like, for example, right. So you look in January with when Kobe Bryant passed away mm-hmm. and then the whole Gail King interview happened. Mm, yeah. In my opinion, the fact that Kobe passed away with yeah. his daughter makes him untouchable. Mm. Versus, and when you talk about the Hall of Fame, yeah. versus if Kobe hypothetically were still alive, mm-hmm. people would naturally bring up the his incident. legal case. Yeah, years ago, mm-hmm. because of the, the what that legal case represented how Kobe put his arms around women's basketball and the fact that his daughter, who he was working with and, you know, with, with, with training and everything else, the way that the death happened. Yeah. We can't touch that. Right. And because Gail King was the first to touch it. Mm. We know now don't put your thing on that fence. Right. Right. And she got the brunt of it. I mean, we saw like she literally, got attacked and this is a social media culture i think though now you know when, when popular opinion sways against you that's what happens i think you're right i think kobe's legacy is definitely different now um yeah. and of course now i mean we're still sad think about it i mean many people are pointing kobe and Gigi's unfortunate death to like kind of the course that changed 2020 because it seems like unfortunately after that 2020 just kept punching us like it, yeah. it's been crazy i mean COVID 19 came civil unrest came and just so so much like I think this is truly a moment in history that none of us will soon ever forget. Like we'll all remember 2020 for for different and various reasons. Some of us have lost people due to COVID and just yeah. so many others, so many greats taken from us. But I think that was a, a, a very important point. And again, I appreciate you talking on this. And now I know this is a sports show, but I think it's important for me and you to break down Black Lives Matter. I'm so tired of the banter, Brandon, of this All Lives Matter. Sure. And what about my life too? All right, so I'm gonna let you go first. Black Lives Matter, what does it mean to you? Um, I mean, I, I think for me as an African-American uh, male um, who was uh, feared, uh, I, I realized the importance of, you know, the, the people who came before me, you know, mm-hmm. that allowed me to sit in this seat to talk to you now. At right. This current moment. I, I think um, when you talk about Black Lives Matter, I think that goes back to why we celebrate Black History Month every February. I think it yeah. goes back to, you know, the fact that, you know, our parents educated us on, you know, who created the traffic light, who created peanut butter, who created, 
you know, some of the other things that we that yeah. we that DC we yeah right. So I I think I think celebrating Black culture shouldn't just be a hashtag. It shouldn't just be a month. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes you have the people who cynically say, well, you know, white lives matter too. Um, and so I think that's where you dovetail into all lives matter. But that's like you know shooting somebody and then yeah. pouring peroxide on it to say, you know, to make it all better or think you're making it all better by saying all lives matter. You still have to focus on the fact that, you know, somebody's hemorrhaging from the bullet wound. Yes. You know, and I think that's the same conversation you're in DC. You know, why is it that, you know, there's BET, but there's no white entertainment television. It's just, it's trivial. You know, I, yeah. I think we always gloss over the fact that, you know, we matter and, you know, um, I think oftentimes people act, I think for years, you look at, you look at America at large, yeah. we're living on stolen land. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I add this, I feel like this moment when George Floyd was murdered, yes. um, we now are getting our flowers in the same breath that retro, retroactively in the same vein that many of our Native American brothers and sisters are. Mm. And I think if anybody understands that, they do. Mm. What I feel like in, you know, like in today's society, like Thanksgiving, Independence Day. Right. Like I understand it as just enjoying family and friends, not so much celebrating Independence Day mm-hmm. or Thanksgiving because of how Native Americans and other people were affected by it. I right. still, you know, as an American, I'm I'm thankful to live in this country and have the freedoms that I do. Correct. But there are still some things that we have not sat down and acknowledged that they are what the reasons why they are. So, yeah. you know, to go back to your initial question about Black Lives Matter, I know what it means to me, but to just say that all lives matter is to ignore the fact that, you know, African Americans have not been have not been um affected in ways that they've been affected. That was that last part really hit me hard because that's exactly what it is. We're not saying anything bad about anybody else, but our lives have not been looked at the same. We know the history of this country. And we're talking about the names we know. We're talking about the George Floyds and the Breonna Tellers. There's so many that we don't know, unfortunately. There's so many where that camera was not there to record their last mm-hmm. moments or their last breaths. But the hashtag is important. I'm glad it's going on, but it, it has to be more than a hashtag. My life has to matter. Your life has to matter. Every Black life needs to matter to every single person. Like you said, it's not us going against, I'm glad to live in America. I've traveled the world. I'm sure you have too. Sure. I wouldn't rather live in any other place. I mean, I'm truly happy to be here, but it's kind of like a family, right? Every family, you love your family, but every family has its problems. And guess what you do? You work to fix those problems and that's what we're doing. And also understand, this country has had a long problem with talking about race, yeah. all right? Anybody, a lot of people have a problem talking about race, but it needs to be talked about. You have to have those difficult conversations. This is why I wanted you on the show because I knew you were somebody that wasn't afraid to talk about these issues. I know you could handle it and it needs to be talked about. For sure. It needs to be talked about more than just now when this is happening. It needs to be talked about, and for, I mean, hopefully until racism is over. Hopefully that conversation will keep happening. But I think we do live in a place where everyone needs to point the finger at themselves. What can I do to make the world a better place? What can I do to end racism? And I think it starts in your local community. And you talked about it through history. I mean, I think it's making sure black history is taught in schools, not just in February. It's part of American history. So there's so much more that we need to get into. But I appreciate you just talking on that. 
And of course, we are going to talk sports, but anything else you want to just leave on this on this whole conversation on just what's going on in the civil unrest? No, the words of Jesse Jackson, keep hope alive. I love it. I love it. All right, Brandon, we're going to transfer over to basketball July 31st, about two weeks after my birthday. Just just putting it out there, you know, so people remember it well. (laughs) The NBA is coming back. We got 22 teams. I am excited. So first, when you heard the news, what were your initial emotions and thoughts? Well, I mean, this was a conversation that the league office had been having, you know, even off the clock before. Uh Um, It was just a matter of dates and times and just, you know, what teams were going to represent and how, whether you were going to keep it the traditional, you know, 16, you know, team. So, I mean, I, I, I was, I, um, I think for, for, for sports or having something to look forward to, I think any yeah. sports fan um, was looking to do that uh, or to, to have some, some semblance of basketball being played. Um, I do think that this is a great experiment as it relates to um, competing with the NFL for mm-hmm. ratings. True. But, because, but, yeah. No, but also I, I think it's it's great because um, the NBA has toyed or has at least discussed ways to either you know shorten games or shorten seasons, yeah, um, or try something different where it's not traditionally, um, you know, you start training camp in September, you you start the season either the fifteenth of October and tr- you know even before they started that. Halloween weekend or Halloween week was when it started. So I think this this gives you a case study on, you know, doing something different. Um, The only difference is you don't have fans. You don't have. um, We might have crowd noise. I think that's cheesy. (laughs) What about you? You think that's cheesy? Like I I would. It is cheesy. It's not the same. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. We're we're here on that. I, I think it's cheesy. (laughs) <laughs> but it's exciting NBA coming back and of course we're all talking about it. I want to get your thoughts on this do you think this year's champion will we look at them the same I think they're going to be they're going to be cynics and, 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 and uh, skeptics there but I, I think one of the things that I've discussed with certain uh, certain uh, retired vets that have come on the Scoopy Radio podcast yeah. I, like I had Kenny Anderson and Kendall Gill on and, and I discussed the lockout the, and during the 98-99 season, you know, and that was the yeah. season after Michael hit that shot against the Jazz, and you know they they were locked out. And I said, "Do you see any similarities between then and now?" And they said, "One of the things they see is um, diet and lack of having a a gym in their in their home. Like certain players right. have gyms, but you have more than right. marquee guys like LeBron or uh, you know." The way Wade's not playing, but certain money maker guys that that have gyms right. in their home, have right? A nice house at the gym. Yeah. Most guys they have an apartment or, or or townhouse or what have you near the facility, but when you can't report the facility, what do you do? So right. I think when you look at that season, the ninety eight ninety nine season, um, I think of the Spurs. Many people will talk about how they wanted to put an asterisk next to their their net their 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 championship, but here's the thing. Right. The Spurs won again in 2003. They won again in 05. They won again, I think, in 07. They won again in 2014. Right. So it's like, okay, they they won during the lockout short season, but they came back and they continue to win. Right. So let's say the Lakers make it back to the finals, right? Or the Clippers. Those were two teams that many people thought it was still going to go through L.A. Right. They got to come back next season and do the same thing. I, I, I spoke to a, 
uh, a Hall of Famer who believes that, you know, if the Nets come back healthy next season and, you know, hypothetically, if if the Warriors find a way to, to, to nab Giannis Antetokounmpo in mm-hmm. uh, free agency this coming, I would say summer, but this coming October, yeah. um, you know, those two teams, the Nets and the Warriors, would be the consensus uh, preseason favorite to make it to the finals. So then people will then look back at the right. Lakers and say, well, are they the paper champion or are they the real champion? So yeah. I think at the end of the day, when you look at, um, you know, the finals and you look or you look at it like this. Say yep. this rest gives the Toronto Raptors time to rest and they win. Yeah. So are they are they a, are they a fluke? Because mm. they won last year. Yeah. They with Kawhi. Yep. So I think Speak there's a lot of things to consider. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things to consider there. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. Well, I'm excited the NBA is coming back. We have so much to count down to. Brandon, I have to thank you so much. This is this has been good. We're going to have to do a part two, Brandon. We do. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And before I let you go, just I think your story is magnificent. And I think every young journalist needs to hear it. So just talk about your journey into journalism and just how you've grown within this industry as a, as a black male. Well, I, I think more than anything else, I think, you know, coming from a family that were entrepreneurs, um, has 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 aided me. I think that right. particularly in today's day and age where it's about brands and being independent, you know, Scoopy Radio legitimately started from a Timberland box. How New York does that sound? Um, literally yeah. had, um, you know, tapes from when I was a kid interviewing the Kim Mutombo, BJ Armstrong, uh, and more. Uh-huh. And we digitized those tapes and, you know, we, we had them on the podcast. Literally, Scoopy Radio was supposed to just be a time capsule. And what ended up happening was um, when I left CBS Radio uh, back in 2016, I legitimately just ha- was producing my life's work, you know, and then I got yeah. new guests and things of that sort. So, you know, my family, I, I come from a, a family of sneaker store owners and, you know, that yeah. Timberland box to me was symbolic of my past and, you know, yeah. Scoopy Radio digitizing those tapes and making those things happen is, you know, legitimately just um, continuing to produce good work um, and using the internet to, to, to push, you know, my, my product. I love it. I love it. And let me ask you something. So I don't know if you saw my interview with Jasmine Jordan, but I admitted I had never owned a pair of Jordans. And quite admittedly, Brandon, I am as far from a sneaker chick or a sneakerhead or whatever as you can get. So I'm going to ask your opinion because you know this well. What's a good sneaker for someone like me that wants to look cool for the young kids, but still my age, but doesn't doesn't know enough about the whole sneaker culture? What did Jasmine say? <laughs> she told me the ones. She told me to get the ones. The what? The funny thing is, I was going to say that. <laughs> um, but if you want to be different, um, okay. she's going to go Jordan all day, every day. I don't, I don't, I don't blame her. Yeah. Um, but if you want to do something that's not Jordan ones, um, you can radio. definitely go with the Air Max ninety fives because they're okay. comfortable. Okay. Um, you could go with the Air Max nineties. You know, okay. you can do that too. Um, but if you want to go for some. I think the ones you can get on the plane with those. You can, okay. you, can you can meaning the, the Jordan ones. You can get on the yeah. plane with those. You can you can rock those with a pair of jeans. I've seen people, you know, men rocking with suits. I've seen okay. women wear those on the, you know, if you're doing sideline reporting. Yeah. Um, you can never go wrong with a pair of Air Force ones. To me, the Jordan ones are the Air Force ones of Jordans. Okay. Um, but I I personally um, like. Um, I like the Jordan 11s and I like the Jordan 3s. Okay. The Jordan 3s were the first pair of Jordans that I ever owned. Um, wow. They were the sneakers that, you know, Michael wore in the slam dunk. He won the slam dunk contest. They had the zebra uh-huh. print on the front. Um, they're a comfortable shoe. 
You right. can play them. You can wear them while you're if you're hooping on the court. You can wear them, you know, comfortably, just like you can wear ones. If I'm going with a non-Jordan sneaker, um, yeah. I would go with a pair of Pumas. Okay. Uh, there are some Pumas that are comfortable. Um, yeah. So I, I think there's a variety of different shoes you can wear. What are, I appreciate do, it. Do you have a favorite pair of Jordans? I don't wear them, so no. I I know as much about Jordans as I don't even know. So what are your what's your go to sneaker? What do I have? Um, I'm looking at my shoes right now. I have Keds. Nothing wrong with Keds. Is that good? There's nothing wrong with Keds. I, I think I think it all goes according to your your personal style. Like I wear them. Admittedly, I wear them just for errands. You know, usually other than that, I'm in flats or heels. It's like usually one of the other two. So this is why I asked someone like you because you have it in your blood, right? The the for shoes sure. were range in you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to try it out, and I'm gonna have to tweet you on Twitter when I finally get my pair. Uh, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. No, man. I think I think it's all according to your style. But at the same yeah. time, we got you, you want somebody who can do both. Exactly. Get you a woman who can do both. That that's yes, a good way to end the show. Yes, Brandon, it's been such a pleasure. Let people know where they can listen to your Scoopy Radio, where they can follow you. Give them all the details. Well, I'm a senior writer at Heavy, so you can check out my work at heavy.com. You can also subscribe uh, to Scoop B Radio Podcast. 2.1 million streams last year. Uh, we've had anybody from the voice. Congratulations. Of, thank you. Thank you. So we've had anybody from the voice of Siri, Mark Cuban, DJ Khaled. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, everybody in between. Um, subscribe on all streaming platforms. Follow me on Instagram, scoop underscore B, Twitter, scoop B. I mean, we're in there like swimwear. I love it. I love it, Brandon. Thank you so much for joining me, Scoop B. We're going to have you back on the show. Please do not be a stranger and keep up the great work. Likewise, and we have to get you on Scoopy Radio as well. I would be delighted. And definitely let me know next time you're on the East Coast and in my city of DC, and I will do the same for you. Yes, ma'am. Thanks so much for joining me. Have a great one. You too, man. This is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Dunkin'. Kaboom! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.